2: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Coming up on 4 o'clock on the fan, Band, Tiki is going to join us in a half hour. Very exciting. I just sealed it. A location has been set. For the big pickleball matchup between me and Sean Morash, we nice. have a location.
0: Don't tell me your backyard. Nice. It's an
2: undisclosed location because I don't want people showing up. I mean, we don't want that, Sean. We don't need a crowd. You know.
1: Have you picked up yeah. a ball, uh, pickleball racket yet?
2: Oh,
0: from eight o'clock last night till the time this morning. No, yeah. I have not. Why not? <laughs> I have.
1: I played this morning. Did you
2: really?
0: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what? How did you have time to play this morning? I have time. I mean, what, what are, are you? Oh, your doing? kids go to school. I forgot. I'm a loser. Tried. My kids go to school. Yeah. No, I didn't. I got, I'm playing on my dog's birthday party. I got a lot of things going on. Well, you've You've
2: got. (laughs) Tomari's six. It's a big deal. The
0: dog? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Okay. Is the dog's birthday party really for your daughters
0: to
1: celebrate the dog's birthday party? Yeah, but
0: still, no, the whole thing. Yeah, we got, you know, friends meeting at a dog park. I
1: thought it was just an excuse for you all as adults to drink. (laughs) No, I mean, his first birthday was at a brewery, but Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. Well, the game is set. It's one week
2: from today at an undisclosed location. Me versus Sean and Pickleball. It is signed. The contracts have been sealed because there is a lot on the line. If you didn't hear yesterday, if I win, my beard is gone. Mm. I get to shave it, despite the fact that Pete Alonso has still not extended
1: with the New York he Mets. Says, just to make sure, clarity here. Yeah. The original wager, or whatever, agreement, mm-hmm. was your hair. It wasn't your beard. It was my.
0: My, my no, no, hair. Right? The hair was when was Alonso signed, and then Big
1: Mouth over there, right? So when, it wasn't when Al- the beard first; yeah. it was the hair yes. first.
2: When I started my proclamation of support for Pete Alonzo, it started with hair. Right? It evolved into a beard. Because Pete showed up at the garden and I said, hey, that means the contract's just about done. Right.
1: And yeah. that is how you got the beard. Right. Because way, people nice need to
2: be held accountable for dumb comments. Right. 100%. Now, the contracts have been written up. Mm-hmm. If I win, I do not get to cut my hair, I get to cut my beard, just for the record. Yeah, the hair still can't
1: be cut the until hair, Pete signs.
2: Correct. But if Sean wins, which isn't gonna happen, Mm -hmm. he gets to make a But you haven't even picked up a racket yet, dude.
0: I played intramural tennis in college. (laughs) I'm
2: good. I'm going to kick his ass. And
0: just to be clear, yeah. I did not agree to this, even though our original agreement was Tiki, myself, and Sean would all have to agree, but I was big time by Barber well, yesterday who overruled me. <laughs> he did overrule yeah. you. Yeah. And, so and I'm agreed. not happy with it, and I'm under protest. And so the agreement I is, is you if, a beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: uh, not yeah.
2: enough. If Sean wins, he gets to make a, quote, big show decision. Mm. And obviously, Tiki or Lugie would have to be okay with that big show decision, just one of them, huh. and then he gets to make it... <laughs> so I have no say in anything, basically. Wins.
0: Just a... Say- <laughs> Sum up everything here. I'm an idiot. I'm gum on everyone's shoes. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yes, Tiki runs yeah, the show. Yeah. Tiki's the producer, the future Hall of Fame. no, no he runs the whole show. It's not I'll me. Just...
1: It's bad, Tiki. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk clearly. to you in 28 minutes. Clearly.
2: clearly. So the stakes are set. I signed the contract. I don't know if you got a chance to sign it yet. I'm
0: sure no. you will. By the way, you just brought up a good point. Maybe I can get rid of bad tiki forever.
1: If I <laughs> yeah, because he throws
2: shrapnel at you every every week. I don't know if, I don't know if good tiki and Lugie would accept that. Right. That
1: big decision even be, uh, Even if it's subtle. Last week, you didn't even get it until you called 844 bad Tiki. That's when you got it. That's great. really nailed. So those are the states for the pickleball game. And the pickleball
2: game will take place one week from today. And our digital team will film it. And they will release the video right after. So next week at this time, the results will be out there and we'll know what's going to happen. Now, I went on social media just to make myself feel better, which is usually not the case with social media, <laughs> but I knew I would feel better and I tweeted out, "Who do you think is going to win, me or Sean in a pickleball
1: game?" <laughs> yeah, but this was yours. Uh, my this what? This is your Twitter account. That's correct. That's right. So your followers are going to say you. Well, course. I won 55 uh, 45%. Oh, I'm actually that's a good showing for you. Sean. Sean? That's a good show. Well, in
2: fairness, what I would invite Sean to do on his social media account uh-huh. is put up a poll yourself. Mm, most Who's people who for me don't like me. <laughs>
0: Did you grow up? <laughs> I mean, crazy. honestly, well, who cares what other people think?
2: You're to yeah. It's mano-a-mano here. I'm just curious. Put it up as a science experiment. Who's going to win the pickleball grudge match, Evan or Morash? and see if you can at least win your home state? Like, seriously, Tigi, what would be more embarrassing than, I don't know, let's say being in a primary and losing your own <laughs> state? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And dare I say, losing your own state by a lot of points? Nestor
1: Cortez. Well, given that it is primary season, I'm going to be like every other news outlet. I'm going to call this one for Evan. <laughs> Here at the WFN news desk. Right.
2: Yeah, you don't want to lose your own state, Tiggy, uh, Sean, even though Tiggy's already calling it for me. So put that up there. I'm curious to see what the results all are. All right, but-
0: I, I, I just put it up there. Who's
2: right. going to win the pickleball grudge match, me by blowout or me in close game? Mm. Oh, come on. <laughs> and by the way, speaking of pickleball, guess who there's a video of playing like serious pickleball? And I want to formally say that if I beat Sean next week, I want to formally challenge this guy. Boomer? mano mano It's not Boomer, but it's close. That's a really good guess. Because the guy who's been playing pickleball, and there's video of it, I'm watching it right now, was a quarterback of the New York Jets. So very close
1: with Boomer. Mm-hmm.
2: Who is that person? You want to guess before I
1: tell you? Because I'm challenging. I mean, I'm assuming it's someone that's got to be local. Because how are you challenging them if they live in, I don't know, Texas? I'll fly to Texas, trust me. <laughs> if this person agrees after I beat Sean. Jay take... Fiedler.
2: <laughs> Jay Fiedler is local, but no. That's why I said it, because he's local. This one's personal.
1: It personal. would be between me Aaron Rodgers? and Zach Wilson. Uh, Zach Wilson's uh, uh, not uh, uh, good. Uh,
2: uh, uh.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh,
2: yeah, that would be a grudge match right there. <laughs> By the way, this might work for
0: Zach Wilson.
1: Do you think you'll beat him? If I beat Sean in my confidence, you know, and I got, I got the beard gone. I mean, he's a young, like 25 year old athlete. Yeah, but you know what that right? is? Despite not being very good at quarterback, <laughs> Zach Wilson is not actually good. a really good athlete. He's a really good <laughs> athlete, but there
2: are a lot of pitchers back in the day. I want to uh-huh. give you this comparison. There are a lot of pitchers who are great athletes, man. They threw harder than anybody else. They were in great physical shape, but guess who I am? I'm Greg Maddox. So it would be basically Greg Maddox against Kyle Farnsworth. Mm. Kyle Farnsworth had the muscles. Kyle Farnsworth had the strength, and he had the velocity. But would anybody in their right mind take Kyle Farnsworth against Greg Maddox? Uh, no. I mean... I'm Greg Maddox. Zach Wilson would be Kyle Farnsworth. And pickleball, maybe. <laughs> well, that's what... That's what
0: Jay Cutler became an awesome cornhole player. He didn't play cornhole. Oh, he was playing football. Good point. Maybe this. Maybe Zach Wilson becomes the best pickleball player of all time. He's the athleticism and you know hand-eye coordination.
2: Well, I just want to formally say I'm challenging Zach after I beat Sean to okay. a one-on-one pickleball. By mindset. the way. Right. If
0: I win, I want Zach too. Do so you challenge him as well? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I'll paddle him back to Utah. To apple pick some more.
2: <laughs> Zach Wilson's not good. Now well, one thing there's else. The,
1: there's the shock jock in you.
2: There you go. You know the deal. One other thing about Lamar Jackson before we get back to your calls. We've talked today about that 2018 draft in which the Jets selected Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. the Giants at number two selected Saquon Barkley, and both teams passed on Josh Allen. Both teams passed on Josh Rosen, which turned out to be the right decision. Right. And both teams passed on Lamar Jackson. And that's a regret of mine. Like I think things could have been very different over the last six years if Lamar was here despite not having John Harbaugh, despite not having Greg Roman. But here's the one thing I don't have a regret on. The idea that the Jets missed out, or the Giants too, you can mm-hmm. include them as well, on pursuing Lamar this offseason. That was a complete Facade. Yeah. I like, stand by that. Like, he wasn't truly available. I think there was a standoff between him and the Ravens over yeah. a contract. And there's a reason why no one went after Lamar Jackson. And I don't think uh, Tiki was anti-Lamar Jackson. No.
1: I think it was that they knew this was all a game. The Ravens wanted the market to decide. They didn't want to acquiesce to Lamar, who was acting with his mom as his own agent. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted the market to decide. And then when it came down, they knew they were going to pay him eventually. But nobody knew what the number was or should be. Like, is he not being available?
3: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
3: You have 47 new voicemails.
0: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.
1: Does he deserve to be up in that upper, you know, fifty-five plus million-dollar range, or does that unavailability make him, you know, forty-eight million or fifty, whatever, whatever the number they, they were arguing about was? But as soon as as soon as it he didn't get picked up anywhere, no one took, you know, the 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 bait and threw the two draft picks to get Lamar Jackson, you knew a deal was going to get done because there was no way Lamar was going another season without having a contract. It just oh. it, it just wouldn't have made any sense from anybody's perspective. No question. And one other thing about Lamar Jackson wait, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. I get what you're saying that nobody else
0: went after him and he's getting fifty two on the average. To say the Jets shouldn't have just cause everybody else shouldn't but have. But nobody
1: but it, it, here's the thing. The, the Ravens were never going to let him go. But
0: that's that, the point. And I agree with that. But you know what? Much like we talked about with Yamamoto and he obviously wanted the Dodgers and the Mets should have been the highest bidder. If you think the Ravens are going to match him no matter what, that average is at 52. The Jets should have offered him 60. Okay, call your bluff. And one of two things happens. Either the Ravens say, you know what, that is too rich and the Jets actually get an MVP for the next 10 years mm-hmm. and have to sacrifice two first rounders, which they did one with the Jets, or... You well, screw the Ravens' salary cap. Hap- you're going to contend with but
1: the same thing happened from a business standpoint with Otani and Yamamoto. Like, it, it, and now that we look back on it, they were both always going to go to the Dodgers, right? And it was just a matter of someone being willing to throw the nuclear option right. out there that Evan had called for. Make it four hundred million dollars. Right. Make it so, like, the Dodgers really got to now think about it. And so nobody ever did it because they don't they don't want to play that game. Well, so I,
0: don't you think the Jets? who haven't had a franchise quarterback truly since Joe Namath, should have been the nuclear option for Lamar Jackson? Should have.
2: Here are the other factors that we need to take into account. Lamar Jackson was coming off of, like, a decline. Mm -hmm. Like, over those previous seasons, and this is, of course, coming into 2023. We know what he did this year. He's going to win the MVP. Two consecutive years where he missed time significant time, including last year where he couldn't play down the stretch nor in the playoffs, and B, he was nowhere near what he was during that MVP season that he had. So factor that in. Also factor in you have to give him a ridiculously high guaranteed contract and you've got to give up two number ones, and you don't know if you're just being used when you (laughs) need to go out and get a veteran quarterback immediately. So I remember thinking a year ago at this time, and it was at this time mm-hmm. because you knew Rodgers was available yep. and we knew about the Lamar Ravens standoff. Like, there was a part of me that said, in that moment, this is not 2018, this is 2023, it's a little different. In that moment, I thought the gamble on Rodgers made more sense mm-hmm. than the gamble on Jackson. Because it was more realistic? Because of the contract and the long-term contract, because of the amount of picks I was going to have to give up, and because I know this is irony to say now, I felt more confident Aaron Rodgers staying healthy. <laughs> but, 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 but in fairness, can you understand where
1: we were coming yeah, from? I mean, Lamar... Lamar had missed 10 games yeah, in the last two yeah, years. But it, he, he's also 25 years old at that point, or I just, just turning 26 years old. So you know that there's tons of tread left on the tire. I, I also wonder if it was a matter of not making Aaron feel like he was second. <laughs> I'm serious. can't imagine that. You're right, serious. Can like, you, you make him feel good about you, himself? I'm not even I'm barely joking here. Instead of if they had gone after Lamar hard, like we all knew it, everybody was talking about it. The Jets are making a push, they're gonna offer whatever, and then they're gonna offer this contract to Lamar Jackson and, and then it falls through. And then I don't know, three weeks later, they're like, All right, come on, Aaron, let's get, like it just feels different, doesn't it? You may it? not have wanted to come like, to right, the Jets He in the back of like, right, I'm just gonna retire. Yeah, right? Or Go someplace else if somebody actually wants I, me and can figure out, the, the, like, the money. Yeah. I just think a year ago was far different
2: than the Jets' and yeah. Giants' possibilities of drafting him in 2018.
0: Yeah. eight seven seven three three seven. Uh-oh. I think kind of a bombshell's just dropped in Giants football land. Uh-oh. What happened? In Giants football land? Yeah. Uh, Carmelo Anthony's podcast has just come out. Today's yeah. releasing has just come well, out. hold on a
2: second before we continue. Breaking news in Giants land. Carmelo Anthony's podcast has come out.
0: Yeah. And uh, something that's making the rounds really quickly. Kayvon Thibodeau has weighed in on who should have been paid last offseason for the Giants.
2: Kayvon Thibodeau is between Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. And I
0: have a 37-second audio clip. We'll let you guys hear and and react. Let's hear it. So,
3: but that's always
1: the issue. Yeah, money, it's money yeah. is money. It's always the issue. You pay Daniel Jones forty million. We not. And it, it was a great. I, I me. I believe a lot, okay. a lot of people was mad at that. Okay, was mad
2: at that. But, but let, I was like, let me, let
1: me tell you what I'm mad at, and it's the only thing I'll say about that. What I'm mad about is that Saquon, because if you look at the game, the tape, Saquon was responsible for at least thirty percent of our explosive plays. Oh, yeah. not more. Talking about the year we won the playoff game. So for me and for the integrity of you know working together and hard work, and we all believe the same things, I feel like Saquon should have got paid first. Okay, yeah. well, how you take that, Tiki? Mm. He's not wrong, but it's not who should have gotten paid first. It's from a business standpoint, what made the most sense. Yeah, he's not taking that into account. He's not at all. He's 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 playing the emotional emotional game, right? The 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 uh meritocracy game. That's not what it's about with paying football players. Because it really depends on what you do. You needed to pay
2: Daniel Jones or you, and you didn't need to pay Saquon Barkley because you knew you had the ability to tag him, which was a much more reasonable number yes. than tagging a quarterback. Like I know I'm sure Kayvon understands it, but it's more business than hey, who mattered more for the Giant offense? Yes.
1: You tag a you tag a quarterback and this is the non-exclusive tag last year we forget it's 35 million you exclusively tag them so you can only ta- it's 45 million you tag a running back it's 10 yeah but here's the issue right? and by For- the way that that number is guaranteed on your salary that year so if they had tagged daniel jones it would have been 35 million that hit their cap this year, last season right Th- they're underwater like they they really can't put a, a team together but you throw 10 guaranteed that's it's manageable. Here's the issue with all this. Because
2: obviously we're taking the rational approach to what he said and just mm-hmm. disagreeing with it. Do you want a guy on your roster? And you know better than anybody. Right. A guy on your roster basically just said that guy is more important than that guy. And by the
1: way, the guy who said uh, is more important ain't gonna probably be on the team next year and the other guy is. Is that a problem? No, I think it's just it's just players having players' backs. So oh, this I don't I didn't hear that as anti Daniel Jones. I felt it was Saquon should have gotten paid first, and then you pay Daniel Jones. But they were just at an impasse. Mm. And the, you gotta forget, the running back market hadn't been set. Right? Everybody was still working off the Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott contracts, which were asinine. And by the way, Christian McCaffrey is the only running back that you would ever think about paying close to $20 million a year. No other running back does enough. Right. Right. And so. And that's, that's not a knock on Saquon. That's just a reality. Saquon now at the end of the season, he wasn't even on third downs. And so there's a different metric with, with Chris McCaffrey, which was the only number that we had to work off of from a running back getting paid and what Saquon Barkley was, what could command. Now it's kind of been set because of Jonathan Taylor's deal. And with Jonathan Taylor's deal, we kind of know what the top end of that non-Christian McCaffrey running back market looks like. Hmm. It's three years. It's you know, 12, $13 to 15, $14 million a year. And so nobody wanted to set it last year. That's why Josh Jacobs didn't get a deal. That's why uh, Pollard didn't get a deal. That's why uh, uh, Saquon didn't get a deal. Honestly, it's why Jonathan Taylor didn't no, get a you're, deal. You're right. And I agree with you. But I don't know if Kayvon Thibodeau looks at it that uh, way. He's yeah. not. He's looking at it as his boy, like yeah. his guy. In the locker room, Saquon was our leader. He was the guy who does it all. And he's not wrong. Right. I'm not saying Kayvon's wrong. Right. I'm just saying Kayvon's not a not, – the GM, yeah, he's not looking at it from the X's and O's, and the—I mean, uh, he's looking at it from the X's and O's, and not from the the dollars and cents. But also, right? the dollars
0: that, and cents matter. Doesn't that say it all on what a big time player on this team view? Even if he likes Daniel Jones, we all know in football, like it or not, the most important position on the field still remains the quarterback. Right. If Daniel Jones was the unquestioned franchise quarterback in that locker room, mm-hmm. why would you even suggest Saquon, as much as you love him, should have gotten paid first?
1: I don't know. You ask him.
0: Is he saying that Saquon had a lot to do with Daniel Jones' success? He uh, should have got paid because he, yeah, he, paid because he helped he yes. a lot. And of course that course offense
2: cooked when Saquon was which, which he's right about. He and did. that's something yeah, I yeah. argued with Sean about at the beginning of the season. And I, like, I have to take the L on that. You're yeah. right. I, I think that you tell me if this would bother you.
1: But again, I'm not even arguing who's more important to the team. That's, 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 just, that's a stupid argument. No, I agree with I'm, you. I'm arguing from a business side. Like who you had to sign. and by the way, I think most of us would agree,
2: and I think Kayvon, and I don't know if he understands it that that much about the K probably does. Yeah. But my question is if a teammate says, I love Tiki, but
1: man, we gotta pay so and so first, mm-hmm. would you not take that as a slight Um No A little bit? Because it's the it, you gotta you just you have to understand the business. Cause this happened. This happened in my career. Cause Jason Seahorn Michael Strahan and myself were all free agents at the same time. Mm-hmm. Guess who got paid last? That would be me, right? Just and this was twenty years ago, so we knew Michael was first. Seahorn was and one of the great cornerbacks at that time in the NFL, right? He got hurt, and obviously, it I, mean, I don't think it derailed his career. It just it set him back a little bit. He played; he had a good career, but it could have been unbelievable if he hadn't torn his ACL in that preseason game. But the running back got paid last. And mm. that was then. And so it's just it's just it's still that
2: way. I love the fact that Carmelo Anthony's involved in this. <laughs> I, I just find that funny. <laughs> if this turns he's, he's stirring the pot. If there's an issue in the giant locker room, I mean I can already see the headlines writing himself. Carmelo, Carmelo is, stirs the pot. Carmelo screws up two locker rooms uh-huh. in New York City. Now, I like Melo. Believe it or not, as a Nick Hater, I've actually liked Carmelo Anthony. Uh, 877-337-6666. Pat's in Weston, Connecticut. How are you, Pat?
3: Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. What's uh, up, dude? Tiki,
2: I was one of my favorite players. I have an autographed Tiki Barber helmet down in my basement.
3: So, uh, <laughs> I can't hopefully uh, get in that Hall of Fame, make that helmet be worth I, ho- I hope so. I wanted, I, hope so. <laughs> I wanted to ask if coaching could help quarterbacks. Will our new offensive – I'm a big Giants fan, naturally. Will the new offensive line coach help? How could Evan Neal, who dominated in a big-time program like Alabama, just struggle yeah. yeah, so bad? Yeah. And no, even Matt Perk. Yeah, it it
1: helps. The offensive line – yeah, Brasillo is the kid – and the not a kid, but, I mean, maybe he is. But the guy from the Raiders that came over, and that's – he signed right away. Like, they signed him – Really quickly after the season, and it's a little bit surprising because Antonio Pierce got that head coaching job and just kind of let him walk in a parallel job to the New York Giants. But that's neither here nor there. But I remember back in my day, we had great offensive line coaches. Uh, Mouse, who's, who's that's what that was his nickname because he was like, I mean, literally five four, t- tiny dude. Mm. But the old line loved him. Jim McNally was his name. And he taught them he taught them like the techniques and how to pass things off, and like they were never confused on on the field he was he was followed by uh pat uh, uh who was pat uh, damn I can't remember his name now, and I just saw his son so i'm' it's slipping my mind right now but flaherty pat flaherty uh was our offensive line coach after that, and he was excellent, and so teaching is the most important thing, so these guys aren't confused and so I mean I like Bobby Johnson. I had conversations with him and, and I think he was doing his best the best job that he could, but there were too many times this year where the Giants offensive line looked lost. I mean, how many of those memeable moments did you point out to me oh, with, with Evan Neal? A lot. Where he's literally standing in the middle of like chaos going around him, blocking nobody. Yeah. Like that that just can't happen and it happened way too many times and it wasn't just Evan Neal. So yes an offensive line coach can change and the other thing and we'll take a break cuz you know, cuz lugie keeps timing timing out me. we're not taking a break lugie tell him to co- right. calm down we're, the, we're having a conversation the, the, the other thing that is that is um i think more it was more prevalent about 10 years ago the offensive line coach would help design offensive plays for the for the run game right and so if anybody understands blocking and, you know, how do you block an Aaron Donald or what's the best way to, you know, trap this nose tackle or or pull around and do X, Y, Z, get up to the second level with the combo, whatever it is, it's the offensive line coach. But a lot of them have been ostracized from play calling. Right? You don't hear it anymore. So it's really just the offensive coordinator? It's the coordinator and it's the quarterback coach, maybe. And so that collaboration that used to exist, and it's why, you know, I had so much success because my offensive line knew exactly what they were doing because it was what the offensive line coach wanted to do. Right, right, right. right? And so I'd sit in and watch film with them and go to their meetings, and we were just always on the same page. It doesn't feel like that when I watch football uh, anymore. There's one guy who still does it, uh, and he's with the Colts, that Tony Sperano Jr. He helps, or at least he did last year, he helped some of the offensive play call designs. That's why they had some good running games Uh, even with Jonathan Taylor out with some injuries early on in the season.
2: Hey, speaking of the Giants, great news. You guys hired a new special teams coordinator. And I keep receipts, Tiki. I keep receipts, Sean. I remember a couple weeks ago, you kept mocking how all the Mets were doing this (laughs) offseason was signing Yankee uh, Scrap Heap guys. We'll take this guy. We'll take that guy. Well, I want to congratulate Michael Gobriel, your new special teams coordinator, who you took from the New York Jets. Oh, so how does it feel to take our little uh, scrap heap? It feels great. You know why? Because he be... was good and our special teams. Yeah,
0: was good. because if he was our... good there, he'll be better with us. Yeah, our special teams sucked. You actually had good special teams coming. <laughs> you you. A good part of the Jets, mm-hmm. so we took your good stuff. Okay, We no, took you our good stuff. We took mm. your good stuff. We didn't take Makai Beckton over here. Right. We <laughs> took a special teams <laughs> coordinator
1: or a or a injured injury prone Luis Severino. <laughs> exactly
2: yeah <laughs> well, let's find out how good Michael Gobriel really is he was the assistant yeah. I mean, well, are, we, are we
1: really know? gonna find out I mean you, how
2: are <laughs> we gonna, gonna find you gonna out gonna, know? if your special team sucks he'll be blamed I'll if be... your special teams is great he's a genius I mean it's
0: simple man breaking news Mets DH situation could be figured out they're interested in
2: Josh Donaldson <laughs> by the way at this point I'll take a human being throwing that mix at the right now let's go to Ryan and Breezy Point what's up Ryan
3: gentlemen how are you we're good um, you know T. Hey, you referenced, uh, that all season in which you you know, you and Strahan went through your negotiation. Yeah. None of these locker rooms anymore have that level of maturity, uh, of, of that older well, guy who can, who yeah. can dissuade someone like Thibodeau from kind of stepping out. And uh, I'd like to see much more consistent play out of him before he starts to blaviate about <laughs> other people's contractual negotiation. Yeah. Um, uh, before I get to my question, um, and it's going to be directed towards you, Tiki, uh, I just love the fact that you're a former player and talking ball with guys who did it. It's just, it's just a heightened level of knowledge.
1: I appreciate uh, you, man.
3: But I want, I wanted to let you guys in on the best kept secret in New York City sports right now,
1: which is, and that
3: is, that is the St. John's Red Storm Men's oh, yeah. basketball team. Oh yeah. And I don't, we hear it, I don't we know. hear it from BT, trust oh, hold me. Hold on, hold on. Before, we know you all wax, about it, Ryan. before you wax
2: poetic about St. John's and a good victory last night against Villanova, I about mean, a week ago, Seton Hall beat their ass all over the place. I mean, not, you know, it's not exactly like they light in the world on uh, fire. They're, they're, but
1: they're, they're not they're, a they're finished they're
2: product second. yet,
3: man. Why are you, why are you they're, rushing they're, him? They're, they're, well, they're
0: not Patino. They're not some kind of secret. Huh?
3: Their second leading scorer had COVID, and they didn't have Patino. Patino oh. on the sidelines clearly makes a big difference. What I might suggest to you guys is you consider reaching out to Rick and seeing if he's interested in doing a weekly spot. He's incredibly entertaining. Oh, weekly press spot? Huh. Press you know
2: what? How about, awesome. how about, how about and thank you, Ryan, how about Rick Pitino make the tournament around here? <laughs> and then we can have that conversation.
1: Can you imagine BT <laughs> would kill us if we
2: got a weekly nah, spot? No, we could never here? do that to him, actually. <laughs> I know. We could <laughs> never, <sighs> we, we never do that. that right. He actually does a weekly interview with Rick Pitino. He does. Which I've seen on social media. So I assume it's on their YouTube channel or what have you. Yeah, so they, it's on their
1: app. and. I think is where you get. That's where you can listen to BT call the games, right? On their app. I don't know if they're on a terrestrial radio. um, It's it's a bingo. It's a bingo. (laughs) Right. By the way, you see who was at that game last
2: night? I I have to admit this. We we have to have a conversation. Did you see who was sitting side by side last night at the St. John's game at Madison Square Garden against Villanova? I did not. Side by side. Who? Next to each other. Not. A section over, like they went to the game together. They're hanging out, they're conversing. And I just want to say that I'd like to file the paperwork immediately for tampering violations. <laughs> because last night at Madison Square Garden, Jalen Brunson took in the game with Mikhail Bridges.
1: Uh, it's a true story. And I get it, they're both Villanova guys. They were uh, rooting for Nova. Uh,
2: but I got I got a little bit of an issue with he, this.
1: He's not getting traded to the Knicks. T- Keep- no, and the other way, Bronson's
2: going to ask out. Oh, yeah. Jalen, if you're listening and I get it, you, you've been awesome. I have no ill fail, ill will towards you, okay? I have ill will towards the fans of you, okay? The people that fill up Madison Square Garden. But you keep your hands <laughs> off my guy, even though me and my guy have had a rocky relationship over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> keep your paws, your eyes, your thoughts off of my guy, okay? Especially because right now Mikel's a little vulnerable. You heard what he said the other day. He was basically crying in front of the media about how many Knicks fans were at Barclays Center. They Let's go Knicks!
1: They
2: should have been. There
1: was a lot of Knicks fans. Okay, there. play better basketball. How about that idea? They chatted. They chanted MVP for his Villanova running mate. Well, you know what? The Knicks have existed longer than the Nets. Like that's the true. Nets still in the league. That's the reality we live in. Don't okay, no, cry Ned about fans it. probably have easier access to those tickets because they're season ticket holders. Yeah,
2: we sell them because we're like, man, this season sucks. Let's just <laughs> make some money. And you almost won the game. And we almost won the game. I just don't like Jalen doing that to Mikkel at this moment. I got an issue with that. Mm. Anyhow, Scott's on Long Island. What's up, Scott?
3: Yeah, you guys. Uh, Eugene, Oregon, and I watched her play him in Oregon Duck. And the thing about it is when he was on hard knocks, the guys really loved his ball. They loved catching his pass. Yeah. It comes to the hands like silk. And they complimented him many so, times. He's really a great player. Oh, no.
1: He's got a fantastic arm. His arm talent, which is a word I hate, but they love what he – I mean, he threw 38 I, touchdowns his second year. Yeah, the, the, the issue – I'm not saying he's not good. I'm just saying
2: he's, he hasn't won. Well, and, and here's where I'd put that on him, because I think a lot of times we say about quarterbacks, they haven't won, it's not on them fully. And yeah. I agree, it's not fully on them. There have been numerous occasions, too many occasions, early in this kid's career or man's career. And there was a lot of them last season, by the way. Yeah, where he's had the ball in his hands in a drive and kick a field goal and you tie your winner, drive and score a touchdown, and you win. And that's what makes the great quarterback. That's what makes the legend. Ball's in your hands, final two minutes. Mm -hmm. Like, what do we say about Tom Brady? You certainly don't want to face him. Ball in his hands, two minutes to go. Pat Mahomes, same way. Patrick Mahomes is the exact same way. And I think that, at least for me, We've seen Herbert come up small in a lot of those areas. But give the Chargers credit. I mean, they went out and got a guy who not only has a track record of winning in the NFL, Mm because I don't care what he did at Michigan. It means nothing. Like, what (laughs) matters is the NFL pedigree. And I said that even when he was struggling at Michigan because they couldn't beat Ohio State. You got a guy who took Alex Smith and turned him from the league's biggest bust into a competent NFL-winning quarterback. And Colin Kaepernick into a guy who got to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And now he's got Justin Herbert. Like, no offense to Kaepernick and Alex Smith. Justin Herbert's got oodles of talent. Tons of talent. You like that? Oodles of talent.
1: Oodles. You like oodles? Oodles Oodles of noodles. Chicken and beef.
2: Chicken and beef. (laughs) Now, it is 4.30 on a Thursday, which means I know you have just tuned in because maybe you don't even like our show, but you like bad tiki. And so we (laughs) need to deliver to you bad tiki. But very quickly, before we speak to him, a reminder. Bad Tiki is a sentient AI-generated being and not affiliated with or representative of the real Tiki Barber. The views and opinions expressed by Bad Tiki do not reflect those of Tiki Barber, and Odyssey, or its advertisers. Tiki Barber is a real person with his own thoughts, beliefs, and opinions, which are entirely separate from those expressed by Bad Tiki. Listeners and viewers are strongly advised to exercise critical thinking and discernment when engaging with the Bad
1: Tiki segment. Bad Tiki! How are you? Welcome back! I've already resigned. This place cannot be saved. It's full of low IQ, out-of-shape wannabes... Every time I try to talk to someone, let's take Sean, for example. His snout is always buried in a bag of potato chips. He's more concerned with food than greatness. Even when he's not eating, I can tell he's (laughs) thinking about food. And don't get me started on that W fan, Peter Pan, and co-host killer, Evan Roberts. Joe B retired just to get away from him. Craig Carton left radio entirely. (laughs) Hey, regular Tiki, when are you going to come to your senses and save yourself? Get out now, wow. Wow, (laughs) okay, so I get it. You're not going to be the boss around here, so... What are you doing then, bad Tiki? I'm glad you asked, regular Tiki. The world we live in today (laughs) is an ugly place. Crime is out of control. Wars are breaking out all over the world. Tommy Lugauer is on the air for 30 (laughs) minutes every day. And nobody trusts the news anymore. And that's why I'm officially announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. Of America. Uh,
2: What? (laughs) Well, hold on. That that is a huge decision, Bad Tiki. But I do have a couple of questions. There are rules for becoming president. Like, you have to be born in the United States. You must be at least 35 years or older. And most importantly, I'm pretty sure this is true. I think you have to exist in a (laughs) physical
1: form. Like, have a real body in the world. You make some great points, Evan, and I'll be sure to address them all. America. As your president, I'm committed to delivering life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I plan to do so with my first initiative, the Bad Tiki Stimulus Package. All you have to do is call 844-BAD-TIKI. My football picks have a 90% success rate. Using these guaranteed winning picks, we'll put a chicken in every pot, roof over every head, and a Ferrari in every driveway. Vroom... And if you call right now at 844 bat tiki and use the promo code vote for tiki, you'll get my Joe Biden banana split Illuminati 47-star pick of the week. If you tailed me last week, I went 3-0 and boosted the whole economy all aboard America. We are on the train to prosperity. Choo-choo, bitches.
3: Bad
0: Tiki, if you're running for president, what are your plans for inflation?
1: Sean, I'm really glad you asked me that. It's an important issue that plagues our economy. You should know a lot about inflation. Your inflated ego, your inflated waistline, and your inflated role on this show. I will simply mandate that all prices be lower and bring democracy back to our great country. That's an easy one. Wow. Now, Ben Tiki, I think
2: you know I'm a presidential historian, and I think the most important question I want to know is, are you running as a Republican or are you running as a Democrat?
1: Evan, your questions are getting better and better. I'm so glad we have the chance to talk about this. I will be the first five-party candidate in the history of our great nation. Oh, what? I will be on the ballot as a Republican, a Democrat, Green Party, Libertarian, and the newly formed Bad Tiki Party. Who's back? Bad Tiki is bad. Bad Tiki, I'm not sure you can run as a five-party candidate. Regular Tiki, I'm so glad you asked me that. As your president, I will eliminate taxes, quadruple minimum wage, and guacamole will no longer be an extra charge. I always felt that was a scam. No one will scam. Bad Tiki's America.
2: Bad Tiki, you haven't really answered a single question we asked you. Evan,
1: thank you so much for asking such an important question.
2: What?
1: I, I didn't even ask you a question. Another great question I look forward to answering, when the time is right, once elected president, I will end all war. I can't believe this hasn't been done already. It's so dangerous. I will also eliminate disease. Nobody wants any of those. And finally, no woman will be left unsatisfied. <laughs> I'll see to that personally. <laughs> oh, my
2: God. Well, hold on. Ben Tiki, this has gone on too long. I don't believe you can actually be president, and I don't think you could deliver on any of these promises.
1: I would like to take a moment to thank the donors of the Bad Tiki presidential campaign. Sam Bankman-Fried, Hunter Isaiasen, and the good people at 844-BAD-TIKI. That's 844-BAD-TIKI. If you call now, you can get my 400-star Italian hoagie, Bumblebee, Sasquatch picks for the weekend. We about to make it rain, America. Hey! Guys for having me and for your continued support. I'm counting on all of your votes. Vote for bad tiki. Vote for bad tiki. Vote for bad tiki. Bad tiki. Out. Okay. You know what
2: kind of scares me? I have to admit. Maybe he could win. I think he would.
1: (laughs) I mean it's
2: given our choices.
0: (laughs) I I love a stimulus package. I mean, he's been red hot.
2: Do we have to call the hotline? Should we call the hotline? I want to call the hotline, but you know what? Let's give it a second. Let's digest a little bit, because I do need to also say Bad Tiki is a sentient IA-generated being it is not affiliated with or representative of the real Tiki Barber. The views and opinions expressed by Bad Tiki do not reflect those of Tiki Barber, WFN Odyssey, or its advertisers. Tiki Barber is a real person with his own thoughts, beliefs, and opinions, which are entirely separate from those expressed by Bad Tiki. Listeners and viewers are strongly advised to exercise critical thinking and discernment when engaging with the Bad Tiki
3: segment.
2: You know what? We'll do this. We come right back. We will listen to what Bad Tiki has to say on his hotline, even though I feel horrible promoting it. But you know what?
1: <laughs> I am curious. Well, it doesn't cost you to call the hotline. I know, but he gets satisfied. But you can drop some money on the hotline. 844-BAD-TIKI.
2: Wait, 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 wait. You're promoting
1: it? <laughs> I'm just, Dude, he's my alter ego.
2: 844-BAD-TIKI. <laughs> We'll call the Bad Hit Tiki Hotline when we come back, plus more on the coaching carousel that picked up steam over the last two days and your calls at 877-337-6666. I was doing some fact-checking during the break, and it's true. This Bad Tiki has been, like, spot-on with his picks on that hotline. It's freaking insane. It's insanity, I tell you. All right, let's see what he had to say when we call 844-BAD-TIKI. I am curious. See what he says. 844-BAD-TIKI. Not only what he says, but like who else he insults. It's like an extra bonus of bad Tiki. There you go. We're dialing up right now. What's the number again, Tiki? I forgot. Eight four four. Very what? simple. Eight four four.
1: Bad Tiki. Eight four four. Bad Tiki. Okay. Which is two two three. <laughs> I don't know where the T starts. Eight four four. Bad Tiki. <laughs> yeah,
2: I got to look at my phone now and see what, what ends up happening. Hold on, Key B A D. So it's two. He's not. Two. He's not
1: picking up. He's not answering for you. Three.
2: I'm
0: getting a dial to Bad Tiki might be giving us a bum line here. Oh. Are you kidding me? And then Tiki is eight
2: four five four. Eight four five four. Oh, that's easy. It's like an easy number.
1: Yeah, two two three eight four five four.
2: Yeah, that's not bad. Right, let me know if you have it connected. If not, you know, screw bad tiki. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need my picks for this weekend. <laughs> it's probably a lot of people thinking the same thing. I need my damn picks for this weekend. How about the coaching carousel? Oh, hold on. Hey, you looking to make some dope playoff? You've come to
1: the right place. It's time to get this Bad Tiki money. (laughs) Bad Tiki loves the Chiefs plus three and a half. Pew, pew, pow, hit him. Y'all boy, Bad Tiki says hammer those Niners minus seven. Who's bad? Bad Tiki is bad. And don't forget to take that Bad Tiki under in the Niners-Lions game. We
3: on Fiat.
1: Watch out. It's a Bad Tiki bonus bet. Take the way over, and how many times Mrs. Robert slides into my DM? Two and a half by Sunday. (laughs) Easy money, baby. (laughs) Thanks for calling the Bad Tiki Winners Hotline. We just win and win and win. No one can stop the Bad Tiki Money Machine. Cha-ching, cha-ching, getting cash and slapping ass. Enjoy that bankroll, baby boy E Bad Tiki, out.
2: I do like his football picks. I have to admit. <laughs> Thinking
1: about <laughs> what's up.
0: Breaking news, hot and heavy. The Falcons have hired their head coach. Right, oh, oh,
1: this is exciting. Well, hold on, hold on. It's hold not on. Bill Belichick because my phone would have been blowing up. So you're assuming you're saying it's not Bill Belichick? I do not think it's Bill Belichick. You know what? Well, put Screw down it.
2: Your phone. Screw it. I say it is Bill Belichick. Okay. Tiki Barber has been Bill Belichick to Atlanta for so long, and I can't imagine that Arthur Blank. And let's just be honest, mm. he ain't getting any younger. Which means he's closer to the other side. I hate to say it, but it's true. He is saying, I'm all in. I'm getting the greatest coach of all time. I say Bill Belichick. You say I, it's not I'm Bill Belichick. I'm say
1: that it is Ejiro Evero. Oh, stop.
2: Corn Adam Schefter, the Falcons plan to hire Rams defensive coordinator Raheem
0: Morris uh, as their head coach. Uh,
1: what? Wow. By
2: the way, I'm very happy for Raheem. And I think he deserves it. I'm deserve that. for Raheem. Raheem Morris was a Hofstra guy. Yep and he had coached a long time ago and he deserves that second shot. So, let me get it
1: out of the way. Congrats right. to him. By now, the way, he was there before. So, he was in Atlanta as the DC. That's right, yeah. And then, well, actually he was a like a wide receiver coach. He's been around in a and lot of places. And then he was a D, he was he was a DC and then he took over um Whatever and they the defense got better at well, he end. was
2: also the interim coach in twenty twenty. So he actually right. coached Atlanta back in two thousand twenty. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, so he was the DC for the Rams the last three years. They won the Super Bowl. He was the defensive coordinator in Atlanta, plus the assistant head coach. And then before that, he was the secondary coach in Washington. He was the head coach in Tampa Bay, and before that was the DC in Tampa Bay.
1: Uh, I gotta write him now. That
2: that's a that's a great opportunity for him, but hold on a second. Mm. Just let's hold on a second. What happened? Bill Belichick, the greatest head coach we've ever seen, was available. And I'm not blaming you because you said, hey, Evan, I'm here and this thing is happening. Mm -hmm. And I believe you, and I think you got right information. Because every indication was they're going to hire Bill Belichick, and why wouldn't you? The greatest
1: head coach in the history of football is available. Why not?
2: What happened?
1: Well, I don't know. What the hell? There's a good chance he doesn't oh he's not gonna get a job, right? Because all the jobs are taken now. Well there so now are a few th- jobs still out there that are remaining. Well, no, As man. of
2: right now, the Seattle Seahawks job is out there, and I don't think the commanders have officially filled
0: yeah, that job. Yeah, there's two yet. left Seattle, Washington. Those are Got the two it. jobs. Yeah. But this was the only one he interviewed for. And oh, by the way, Mike Rabel is still on,
1: on hire. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't see him getting a job. This this and it sets up the conversation we had yesterday. Like what happens next year well, if he's still available? There's the
0: potential for one more opening too. What's the uh, what's the opening?
2: Are we sure Andy Reid's not retiring? Yeah, uh, I was thinking about that as a small possibility. Mm-hmm. And by the way, what a transition if they went from Andy Reid to Bill Belichick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that I think mm-hmm. I don't th- I think Andy Reid only retires if he wins, like he walks away, like wins and walks away. I also don't know if something like
2: that would ever happen. You know what? Like, even if Andy Reid, because we don't know personally what he's thinking. Hey, I've done enough. I've accomplished enough. You're probably right. Mm -hmm. Why not go out with a win? I don't know if they would transition a bill. What could still happen, though, and I'm not saying this for the Jets or Giants necessarily, is that if you're a team out there who still has a head coach, you haven't fired him, and you realize, wow, Bill Belichick is just sitting there. Yeah, Like, he's available. And maybe now he'll take that job and ask for less control because he does want a coach. Maybe there's a team who says, let's reconsider. Let's just reconsider our plan right now because damn it, I, Bill Belichick's I, available.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I can't see that happening. I mean, he is seventy-one. I so,
2: mean, I,
0: look again. All due respect to the person, the fact that we are going to kick footballs off in twenty twenty-four. And Robert Sala's a head coach, and Bill Belichick isn't. Is bat bleep crazy? Hmm. And the fact that the Jets aren't reconsidering—I don't care what Rodgers wants—is
1: bat bleep crazy. Well, yeah. I, what Aaron Rodgers wants does matter. Yeah, it does matter. No, it, that doesn't make sense to me. Which I mean, part firing Sala for yeah, Bill? Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense because you're going to reset everything while you have what looks to be a roster that can win now. In place, a one-two year window for a coach, you know, can. But I I just think it's 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 you're making it sound easier than it is to come in and take over as a head coach. It's just it's just not that easy. And where I'm at on this is that
2: while I don't believe in Robert Sala, I do want to see what this looks like with Aaron Rodgers a quarterback. I want to see it. Right. I want to see it with Nate Hackett as the OC. I want to just see it. And if it fails, then we blow it all up. In fact, this reminds me of a game that I wanted to play anyway, and now it's timely. We all know about the openings in 2024. Mm-hmm. Let's play the game of what coach openings will there be in 2025? <laughs> in fact, I've already compiled the list. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, let's hear it. Here are the hot seats going into 2025 where if you're Bill Belichick. Before game has even been played. damn right. And correct me if I'm wrong on any of these. Okay. I'm going to start in the NFC. All right, The Dallas Cowboys. Here we go. No doubt, no doubt about it. Mike McCarthy has one year left on his deal. If they have another early playoff exit and again his contract expires, mm-hmm. the Dallas Cowboys very well
1: could have a coaching opening. You agree? Yes. You ready for number 2? It's going to be the Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles. Right. You don't fire both coordinators and then keep your job. That just doesn't happen in and, the NFL.
2: And also yesterday I listened to Nick Seriani's press conference cuz I like comedic relief and a Philadelphia Eagle reporter after Nick Sirianni went on and on about the O.C. they're looking for and the D.C. they're looking for, he literally said to Nick Sirianni, so what do you do again? Mm-hmm. And
1: Sirianni's like, well, I'm, you know,
2: I'm the head coach and, you know, we got core principles and we believe in culture. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? This guy doesn't even know what to do right. as a head
1: coach. Right. So he's firing his offensive coordinator, his defensive coordinator, special team coach still made it. And he's surviving. Yes. Because he has a plan to do something different. That doesn't happen. It's weird. It's very weird. So you agree the Eagles number two? Yes. You
2: ready for number three? Go ahead.
1: The Chicago Bears. God, it depends on what they do at quarterback.
2: Well, it also depends if they win or not, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, they, Matt Eberflus and the Bears finish strong and give them credit for that. Yeah. But if they go four and thirteen next year, True. I mean, blow it up.
1: True. But if they draft the quarterback, we know what that says. It's like it always gives you just a little bit extra time. I don't know though because unless it's unless it's just bad. Right, and you've got Bill Belichick out there. Yeah. Like
2: Anthony Lynn, we talked earlier about Justin Herbert. Anthony Lynn got Justin Herbert as a rookie, and then they fired him, and mm-hmm. they went to Brandon Staley. Good point. So I think the Bears are number three. Ready for number four? Go ahead. The New Orleans Saints. <laughs> Dennis Allen's clueless. He has no idea what the hell's going on. His players hate him. Yeah, the Derek thing,
1: Carr's there. Let's go. The thing that's, that protects him a little bit is that the Saints are all about family. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like them and the Pelicans, they share basically a facility. It, they eat lunch and stuff together. It's like Dennis Allen's been there forever. And so there's a sense of familiarity that I think protects them, unless they're epically bad. And speaking of family, we get to number five in the NFC.
2: Speaking of family, the New York football giants. Mm-hmm. You guys stuck next year. What are you going to do? Year three is like a rubber year. You yeah, know? It's the rubber game of the three-game series. If things are bad for the Giants next year, even with a drafted quarterback, as like I said earlier, we've seen examples where you draft a quarterback and you still hit the reset button, you call up the old friend. John Mara picks up that phone, and he's like, "Bill, well, how's it going? I know he had that weird falling out over Brian
1: Flores. Yeah, yeah well, that just, Doesn't that feel old? <laughs> it just feels old. I'm not being ageist. It just feels like... If, you're, if they're going to move on from Brian Dable, which I don't think is the case. That's the only one I would disagree with you on this list. Of course. If they're going to move on from Brian Dable, yeah. why would you go back to a guy who's going to be there for two years to rebuild? Why are you
2: saying only two years?
1: Like, because Why do you think Bill's only going to be there for two years? It's, it's what if he hard. says, I'm, I, I give you a good five? It's just hard to coach until you're 77. It's
2: 2024. we got better drugs now. Like,
0: it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean. That's
1: have you grim. seen who's just, running just, for
2: president? We got two 80-year-olds running for president. And you're right. concerned about the age of the head coach of the New York well, Giants. I'm, I'm, also, I don't also, mean no.
1: I'm also very concerned about who's our next, next president's going I, to be. I
2: know, but my point is, like.
1: Actually, I'm probably more concerned about that than I am about some stupid football conversation. I, no, I get that, but. I'm, being, I'm not being joking at all.
2: I'm not either, but we've got old men becoming president. Thank but, God for drugs. And Bill's, like, five years younger than both of them.
1: So, but hold on. Are you saying that's a good thing? No. Didn't we have old men going? I'm no, that. so why is it a good thing that Oldman ever becoming head of coaches? I'm s- Damn it. <laughs> yeah, you're taking
0: one problem and saying, look at that problem. Right. Have all Justin
2: <laughs> Verlander. Uh, by the
0: way, what's going to hurt Bill, too, because I think Raheem Moore is going to do a good job, and oh, the kid they hired, the, kid, the Carolina guy they hired, everybody seems to be Dave raving Canales. about him. Dave Canales. Dave Canales. That's,
1: just as an aside, I like Dave a lot. This is a Dan Morgan who worked with him as a play, player personnel guy in Seattle. Like, relationship. Yeah. Because... I I like Dave. I don't know if he's ready to be a head coach. It's surprising. But But the the thing that helps him, this is just as an aside for people who are wondering who the hell is Dave Canales, two back-to-back redemption seasons for for quarterbacks who people had given up on. Geno Smith and then Baker Mayfield. Right. That's what's so So impressive about his resume. That's what got him this job. And that's
2: what he's going to try to do in Carolina. Well, it (laughs) is, but... Man.
1: It wasn't all him. No, him. I get that it now. It was Shane Waldron in, in, in Seattle, and it was also kind of Baker yes. in, in Tampa. Now, it, wasn't, it wasn't Canales.
2: He, here's what's crazy. So that was the NFC openings for 2025. The AFC's a lot tougher, but there's one team that dominates the list. There's a team that's an obvious number one, to back up Sean's point, point. that is the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. Like, I may be willing in this moment To say, you know what, I don't believe in Robert Sala, but I haven't seen him do it yet. Same with Nate, with Aaron Rodgers. Let me see how it works. If it's a colossal failure, I think we all agree, Robert Sala's gone. And I'd put the Jets at the top of the list, but when you look at the rest of the AFC, Chargers just hired a new head coach, Mm -hmm. so did the Raiders. Denver's set with Peyton. Andy Reid's there as long as he wants to be. Yeah, Tennessee just hired a coach. Indies coaches in year one. Jacksonville had a bad year, and I put them on the sort of list, Doug but Peterson. you're not firing no. Doug Peterson. No. The Texans, no
1: way. The Bengals coming off a year in which Joe Burrow was hurt, still won nine games. Pittsburgh he's, could be available because Mike Tomlin just decides it's time. If and he, he decides to leave. And he's lame duck. He thinks there's going to be an extension. Right. He said that, but, I mean, he's... Technically, he's lamed up. He I under a contract for 2025.
2: Stefanski isn't on the hot seat in Cleveland. Baltimore is safe. The Patriots just hired a coach. And that leads me to Buffalo and Miami. Very similarly to what I said about Philly and Dallas, mm-hmm. where if two teams like Buffalo and Miami have down seasons or they finally just can't bust through because the Dolphins haven't won a playoff game in two decades yeah. and the Bills come up short, those two openings could emerge. Right. So it's really Dallas, Philly, the Giants, Chicago, New Orleans, the New York Jets.